Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we welcome the co-founder and president of Bioptimizers, Wade Lightheart. And actually, if you look historically, is all cultures have developed some sort of fermented foods to go associative with their diet as a way to improve and accelerate whatever diet was local to that community. So whether it was in Asia with, you know, misu or kimchi or these type of things, or whether you're in the yogurts of Europe, they were relative to the diet. They all cultures figured out we need to ferment some foods to get this enzymatic and bacterial agents that are going to assist in the digestive component. That was part of the food production and distribution channels like then that we've pretty much gone away from. I'm a certified functional health practitioner who's on a mission to educate 1 billion people. I've been obese for most of my life. From rock bottom to the top of the mountain, I am passionate about studying ancient healing strategies like fasting and the ketogenic diet and curating this information on the Keto Camp podcast. My goal is to bring you the thought leaders in this space. My name is Ben Azadi, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, I am so pumped up to bring you this episode all about keto and digestion. Look, if you've been having some issues on keto, maybe you're having diarrhea, gas, bloating, constipation, we get into the five stages of digestion. This is really a masterclass when it comes to how the digestive system works. We talk about the single biggest thing someone can do to fix their digestion, why somebody might make that transition from burning sugar to burning fat, and the problems that occur with sluggish bile and toxins entering the blood and the gut microbiome that shifts to different bacteria and why that may result in you feeling bad on keto. We give you the solutions as well. We talk about the best supplements out there for fixing the gut, what to look for when it comes to supplements, all about Bioptimizers, which is Wade Lightheart's company, and so much more. I gotta tell you this, we live stream this podcast recording to the members of my uh, Keto Camp Academy, which we always do. It's one of the benefits of being a member. And let me just read to you real quick some of the comments on the live stream. I have it here in front of me. This podcast has my brain exploding. Thank you so much for a great live stream, Wade and Ben. I love this. Thank you so much. Didn't know magnesium could be so beneficial. I'm on fire from watching this live stream. This has been such a great interview. Thanks, Wade. Thanks, Ben. Is it too soon to rewatch this interview? And the comments just go on and on and on because it was so fascinating. We actually went overtime here uh, longer than the scheduled podcast interview because we were just having so much fun. So this is going to be one of those episodes where you probably got to go and grab a pen and paper. Not probably go grab a pen and a paper and start jotting down some of the nuggets you're going to just get from this discussion with Wade. I can't wait to bring him on the show for you. Before I bring Wade on, I want to thank you so much for choosing the Keto Camp Podcast. We are so grateful. There's so many podcasts out there. There's so many things that you could be doing right now, but you chose this right now with us. So we are so grateful. Our mission here at Keto Camp is to educate 
and to inspire 1 billion people. And the fact that you are listening today helps us accomplish this goal. So thank you so much. I want to take a second here to get to the Apple podcast rating and review of the day. This one comes from ddon.life. The title of this review is Totally Ahead of Its Time. This is a five-star review. Here's what Ddon said. Someday humanity will look back and see that Ben was completely correct. If you want true radiant health, I would recommend listening to this podcast. Thank you, Ben. Don, I appreciate that so much. And you're right. Sometimes science and research takes generations to kind of catch up with what we're seeing. And I've seen such amazing healing transformations uh, in my community, in the Keto Camp Academy, and with my one-on-one clients. And thank you for acknowledging that. Thank you for taking a minute to leave that rating and review. It really does help the show. It's the lifeline for shows. It really is. So thank you, D-Don. I appreciate you so much. If you haven't left the show a rating and review yet, please do so on Apple Podcasts. As I mentioned, it is the oxygen for podcasts. And we really do put a lot of money, resources, and energy into getting two episodes to you every single week, and your rating and review would help. So here is my ethical bribe. (laughs) Please go to Apple Podcasts right now and leave an honest rating and review of the Keto Camp Podcast and take a screenshot of that review that you leave. Email it to ben at ketocamp.com along with your shipping address in the United States and I will sign my fasting book for you, my, my paperback book all about fasting. I will sign it, leave you a little note and we'll ship that to you as a thank you for leaving an honest rating and review. So please do so. Take that screenshot, send it over to ben at ketocamp.com with your shipping address and we'll mail out that book to you. I want to encourage you to head to benazadiwebinar.com if you'd like to join my monthly webinars where I teach you four ways to master keto, to master fasting, and give you the long-term principles for getting results that stick, right? You could get results on keto very easily by doing it the wrong way, but will those results stick? Will you feel better long-term? That's the question, and you could have it all. You could get quick results and those results can stick if you follow the principles that I teach in my webinars because it all goes upstream to cellular health, to root cause health, to hormonal health and inflammation. So I'm going to teach you four ways to understand how the body works, how to apply keto and fasting to accelerate your results and have those results stick. Head to benazadiwebinar.com to see when the next webinar is taking place. This is 100% free. I gave away over $200 worth in free digital downloads to those who show up. So only sign up if you could make it live to the webinar. And that's benazadiwebinar.com. We'll put a link for that down below in the notes of this podcast. If you want to watch the video version of this interview with Wade Lightheart, that could be found on our YouTube account, youtube.com slash ketocamp, which we recently just surpassed 100 thousand subscribers so thank you so much for that support so you can go and watch that interview after you're done listening to it here take a screenshot of this episode on your phone and tag myself at the benazadi tag by optimizers at by optimizers and when i see it we'll share it on our stories i also want to hear what you got from this podcast if you're struggling to find the right foods on your ketogenic lifestyle 
I highly recommend you check out Kettle and Fire's new lineup of keto soups. They are delicious, they live up to my high standards of quality ingredients, and they'll help you accelerate your ketogenic results. Visit kettleandfire.com slash ketocamp and use the coupon code ketocamp at checkout for a 15% off. That is kettleandfire.com slash ketocamp. All right, let's get into this masterclass on digestion and the ketogenic diet. Wade Lightheart is an author, an athlete, nutritionist, and expert on fixing digestion. Wade is a three-time Canadian national, all-natural bodybuilding champion who competed as a vegetarian, former Mr. Universe competitor, host of the Awesome Health podcast, Wade Lightheart is one of the world's premier authorities on natural nutrition and training methods. Having majored in sports science at the University of New Brunswick, he has authored numerous books on health nutrition and exercise, which have sold in over 80 countries. Wade also serves as an advisor to the American Anti-Cancer Institute and is the co-founder and president at Bioptimizers, a digestive and health optimization company. Wade has been in the health industry for over 25 years, coached thousands of clients, and is sought out by athletes and high-performing oriented individuals worldwide for his advice on how to optimize their health and fitness levels. Bioptimizers has been featured on many of the biggest podcasts in the industry, including Bulletproof by Dave Asprey, The Ben Greenfield Show, Barbelled, Shrugged, Melanie Avalon, and many others. Few have traveled farther or crusaded harder on behalf of helping individuals transform their digestive health, wellness, and overall lives than Wade Lightheart. Wade Lightheart, welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, Ben. It is my absolute pleasure. I can't wait to talk all things keto, digestion, and so much more. You know, before we get into all that, how did you get involved in the health space? What is your journey into the health space? Yeah, great question. I think, um, you know, I, I'm a big believer is that we all have these formative events in life that send you on pathways that you can't possibly imagine. It's not always what happens to us in life, but it's how we respond to what happens in your life. And that's variance between different people. And for me, I grew up in Canada, an ordinary kid, just playing hockey and all that sort of stuff in a place called New Brunswick, which is right next to Maine, for those who don't know the geography. And uh, life was fairly normal until I was 15 years old and my parents moved to a very rural spot. We went from a small village to no village. It was five miles to my nearest neighbor in the middle of the woods at this beautiful lake, which my parents were the caretakers for, for a wealthy businessman that had this as a private resort. But I didn't want to be there as a 15-year-old. Yeah. Uh, as you can imagine, I was taken away from my friends, my social environment, all that sort of stuff. I'm like, I mean, now I'm in the middle of the woods with nothing to do. There's no internet in these days, keep in mind. Like there's, we're locked down, nothing to do in the woods wow. kind of thing. And so that was one thing. I was removed from my normal social requirements. Second thing that happened is my sister who was four years my senior was diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease which is a form of cancer of the lymph nodes and I watched her go from like a kind of a superstar athlete to dead in four years and during that process um, I can recall as we take her from the various treatments that they were going she, she'd be vomiting and barfing and uh, you know we'd have to stop the car like six times on the way home or whatever and I would like it didn't make sense to me that the quote unquote cure created more negative effects than what the disease had been producing at that point. And, and that put a bug in my ear, my head is like, if I want to have more wealth, I need to focus on building more wealth. 
if I want more health, I need to focus on building more health. And I just didn't understand this invasive thing that seemed to be the treatment seemed to be worse than the problem. That was a big thing, which ultimately led me to study at the University of New Brunswick, exercise physiology, nutrition, all that sort of stuff. But the third thing that happened, this has all happened in a very short window. You know, we moved, she gets diagnosed, and then she hands me a bodybuilding magazine. Had, uh, I think it was Muscle and Fitness with Troy Zuclato, who went Mr. California, blonde guy like me, all these muscles and these pretty girls on the cover, you know, with nothing to do and driven mad with testosterone and no social circle. I was like, oh, maybe if I get some of these muscles, maybe I can be attractive to women. So I was attracted to the, uh, I guess what, we have three components at Bioptimizers that we work on, aesthetics, performance, and health. So a lot of us are attracted to the aesthetic side of things through the visual imagery, whether that's the fitness industry, whether it's the cosmetic energy, whether it's any of these industries, it's, you know, we want to be more attractive or more desirable. Typically, we then move into performance, but ultimately, we always end up at the very bottom of the spectrum or the base, which is our health, our long-term health. And so I went on that journey and, you know, study, you know, got into working out, went to exercise physiology. Eventually that led to me winning a bunch of championships, uh, uh, working on every level of the health and fitness industry from, you know, literally picking the products in a warehouse, being a sponsored athlete, developing products, owning a store, you name it, which culminated in 2003 when I got to represent our country at the Mr. Universe contest. So I'm a Canadian. So I got to go to the Mr. Universe, which is a lifelong dream. I saw but, some photos of you, by the way. You look absolutely ripped. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely ripped. And the funny part about that was is after that contest, I gained 42 pounds of fat and water in 11 weeks. I went from Mr. Universe to Mr. Marshmallow. <laughs> and, you know, thank God, again, you know, every crisis is the seeds of super success. And I wouldn't be here today if that hadn't happened because during that period, I met a doctor by the name of Dr. Michael O'Brien, and he was this radiant senior citizen that could look right through you. His eyes were these clear blue pools of just, and he was so intelligent and so smart, and he was so vibrant, and he had so much energy, and he had overcome, you know, cancer and cirrhosis of the liver, and he had helped all these other people, and I was like, God, if he can fix all these problems, he's got to be able to fix what's going on with me, and he changed my life that day, because I went to him, and I said, you know, I don't understand. I've got the all the discipline in the world. I've got the best coach in the industry in this space. I've got Spartan-like discipline. I've got the right attitude. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to doing. I'm at the world's representation of the cosmetic ideal of fitness. And now, I, like, I'm, I'm a wreck. What happened? And he said, wait, I'll tell you exactly what happened. You learn to build the body from the outside in, not the inside out. And it was like, Oh, what's the sound of one hand clapping? That's what it is. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. And so my history up to that point had made a fundamental assumptive flaw. And that was that everything I put in my mouth is converted into energy units or building blocks. And that is true if my digestive system is working. And if my digestive system isn't working the, to the best it is, there's going to be some percentage of that. And there's a couple of other things that I've discovered along the way. So, and I'll get to that in a minute, but I under, I guess I should finish the story. I underwent the program with him and started using enzymes and probiotics and mineralization and specialized diets and all these sort of things that was radically altering from my bodybuilding performance diet. And in six months time, I not only did I recapture my physique, 
I never felt better. Like prior to when I was dieting for those shows, it, I'd, I'd be tired, I'd be achy, I had brain fog, I didn't have any energy, my joints hurt, all that sort of stuff. And that was just a badge of honor in the sport that I was in. Right. And I was really accelerating the cost of my performance is I was accelerating the aging component inside my body. I was aging at a faster rate because of the performance parameters. I think anybody that's a high performer that's burnt the candle at both ends experiences that on a certain level. And I was able to transform that. And, and Matt and I, of course, started teaching people around the world these principles because I didn't want people to end up in the same thing that I did. That's your business partner, Matt. Yeah, Matt's my business partner. And so... Long story short, we started a company. We started promoting the bodybuilders. We coached over 15,000 people from every different background and, and genetic kind of variants. And then eventually, about six years ago, we kind of moved out of the bodybuilding market, which I believe is the original biohacking market. We were talking about a lot of the things that are prominent today in biohacking 20 years ago because I was, I was using those as an advantage as a drug-free athlete competing at a you know, the Mr. Universe, I had to leverage, you know, electrical technology, mind machines, you know, cold therapy, hot therapies on all these sort of things, hyperbaric. Carb loading, keto, keto, load, uh, keto yeah, flexing, we, I call it. Yeah. yeah, we were doing all these crazy things and which made us relevant to the market we were dealing with, but ahead of our time, then now we're kind of come full circle. So we moved into being a digestive health company because we started to understand that virtually every single person in North America right now has a compromised digestive system. And the, there's some reasons for that, you know, and part of it is our definition of food. Part of it is the food production and distribution model that we've adapted over the last few years. And the other part is the pharmaceutical and chemical industrial complex, which is radically altering our digestive systems and potentially our genetics as well as our reproductive capabilities. And those things, they're wreaking havoc on the population so much so that 12% of the emergency hospital visits today, people going to the hospital for an emergency situation are gastrointestinal related issues. There's 100 million people on any given day in the United States, that's almost a third of the population, that are using either an over-the-counter or prescription medication to treat some sort of digestive discomfort that they're having. And those digestive discomforts are early warning systems that something is wrong inside your diet. There's some inability to break the food that you're doing, you're, you're consuming, or the food that you're consuming is actually unconvertible or inconvertible, whichever one you use, into actually building blocks or energy units. And anytime that you have an incomplete digestion or the inability to digest something, what happens is that now becomes a potential toxin or a potential food for a foreign invader, whether that be a parasite or a pathogenic bacteria inside your body, which now serves as a, a, a potential toxin. Uh, and long term. So this is the world that we're living in and the inconvenience or the unintended consequences of our food production and distribution model as it is today. And I also believe this is one of the reasons why keto has become so popular. If you look historical aspects, it would be considered a fairly restrictive dietary choice. However, I think its popularity is because of number one, it's very effective with people who have 
compromised digestive systems if they're compromised in a certain way. Just like some people will choose another diet because their compromisation makes that diet more complementary for them. And so we can kind of talk about those areas and what delineates those variances. Yeah, I actually would like to. So what are those, those who do well on keto, you say have a compromised specific area. So what is that? Well, you know, it's, I'll give you some background to that. So Matt Gallant, who is my business partner, we were friends since 97. And basically, we both moved, earned our chops through university and became personal trainers and worked together out on the West Coast. And we have almost completely different dietary practices. For example, he's been using the ketogenic diet for about 23 years some variants of that and experiment it with the ins and outs of it all the time. And I'm a plant-based guy. And so we would go back and forth rather than to try and expose the flaws in each other's thinking from a stand of like my way is better, your way. First, we want to find what are the common elements that create a universality in the dietary components. And the second thing, why are these variances or these nuances appropriate for him or appropriate for somebody else? you know, is it genetics? Is it epigenetics? Is it lifestyle related? Is it has to do with the mechanisms of digestion that are available? And, and that led us to the discovery and development of some of the products that we developed both to enhance keto production uh, or keto effectiveness or optimize ketogenic diets. And so uh, it's been a fun journey and, and we always go back and forth with a lot of things, but we always arrive at a better equation. And that's really what intellectual debate is about. It's not about my way is better than your way. It's about let's find the principles behind it because there's so much more that we don't know as opposed to what we do. Amen. That's the way it should be. There should be this side who's, who thinks it should be one way, this side who thinks it should be the other way. And we get the data and we kind of make our, an informed critical decision. Uh, we do some critical thinking and make an informed decision. So I love that. You and your, your business partner, Matt, have two completely diet and lifestyles and you just, and you don't, argue with each other, you see what are those components. So let's talk about keto, because my audience is mostly doing the keto. Uh, your business partner is doing keto. You have a great product called Capex, which we'll get into. But what are some of the issues that people experience when they start to eat more protein and more fat on their diet? Well, let's even back up a little bit further. What is the type of person that I think ketogenic is popular? And I do believe that I feel that the ketogenic diet, which frankly, isn't new. It's just far more nuanced than it's been before. And with the advent of the technological transformation that society is going under right now, we have radically altered the day-to-day life. So starting all of us are frankly sugar addicts. Every single person in the Western world is a hardcore sugar addict. And if, if sugar was released today on the market, was just developed, it would be classified as a drug like cocaine. Like they would be arresting people, there would be sugar drug cartels, the whole nine years, because the cascade of effects that happen from sugar are drug-like. In fact, people with depression or functional hypoglycemia or all these different things that are having neurological disorders and severe levels of schizophrenia and stuff as was proven in the 70s that often are triggered by responses in sugar, diabetes and its, its, its relation to death behavioral issues with kids and you, you can go on and on and on down the line. So the second thing is, is we have far more sedentary based lifestyles than we did before. In other words, we're, you know, 
where it made sense, you know, you had your three, four meals a day or whatever, your three squares a day, as they said, back when you had to walk to school and walk back home and you played all day and then you had to cut the wood and carry it and carry water and go to the outhouse even to use the bathroom. Well, that made sense. But in today's world, people can kind of, they sit there, they hit Instacart, the food's delivered to their door, they're in front of their computer for eight, 10, 12, 14 hours a day, very sedentary lifestyle with high amounts of dopamine hits coming in from the, the stuff, blue light stimulation. So you're like, it's got all these kind of components. So the average person is living in a completely different world. And I think one of the popularities and success of ketogenic diets is it works very well for people in those typical situations. And also people who may have been infused with a lot of sugar in their lifestyle. So we work with a lot of people in keto and almost across the board, they had high levels of sugar consumption early in life and got addicted to it and also suffered the consequences of you know 10 20 30 40 years of being not what i would say a carbohydrate based i would say a sugar based diet and i believe that they blow out a number of carbohydrate digesting pathways inside the body very much like a lot of bodybuilders develop issues which i think is they have too much of a higher consumption of protein they blow out protein uh, absorption digestion and utilization pathways and the same thing as you know someone that's suffering from gallbladder issues well chances are they, they they had a lot of trans fatty acids and things like that in their lives which compromised their ability to break down fats and eventually their gallbladder just tapped out you know it can't do this anymore so i think those are the precursors that leads a person to say, hey, I need to do this. I need to alter my microbiome. I have to kill these bacteria which are making me to crazy sugars. I need a way that I can eat in a sustained way that suits my more sedentary style of lifestyle. And it's also now being used in elite levels of endurance activities, whether that's the Navy SEALs or ultra endurance runners, like you get like the, you know, like a, a Ben Greenfield type or things like that. So then I think we're starting to now take that diet and you know use it in a more of a performance capacity and i think that's the one of the predispositions and then the other thing is genetic and epigenetic factors so some people are going to do very well on a ketogenic diet and other people are going to struggle with that just like some people can fast very easily and some people can't yeah great great job zooming out and kind of looking at the scope of it so let's say somebody is now doing keto for uh, several of those reasons that you mentioned Let's talk about uh, a certain group that you mentioned a little bit earlier. You said that there is a, a certain uh, group that does well with keto because they lack certain parts of their digestion. Is that what you said? Could you clarify that a little bit? Well, particularly, I think what happens with people are on sugar-dominant diets prior early in life, and then they switch to keto and start seeing the benefits because they, their inability to metabolize sugars very well starts to diminish. They blow out amylase, which is a key breakdown of an, an, an amylytic pathway. So I would say there's three main enzymes in your body, protease, amylase, and lipase. And protease breaks down proteins, you know, amylase breaks down carbohydrates, and lipase breaks down fats. And I believe I would classify enzymes in, in a variety of derivatives from those conceptual ideas. Okay, so you can get into the hemicellulase or you can get into lactase, but lactase is just another form of amylase that breaks down sugars in milk and so on and so forth. Uh, we, without going into all the details, we're trying to generalize and then hone down. So people who have, have done that, I, what I find is they have less and less ability to handle 
carbohydrate consumption. They might have type two diabetes or predisposition for cancer because their cells are feeding on it. Their microbiome is, is, is causing uncontrollable cravings to, to massive stuff. They're maybe getting behavioral or emotional or psychological issues related to you know, wild fluctuations and they develop uh, insulin re resistance inside their bodies over there. So there's kind of like a progression that happens over time that we just see as, in, you know, kind of sidebars or incident notes and wondering where they are, but they are directly related to the food that we're consuming. And then what happens is they, they hear about the ketogenic diet and all of a sudden they go, hey, let's do this. They go through that kind of to transition phase. Maybe they get the breakouts, they get the, you know, the keto flu, whatever it happens to be. And then all of a sudden, and a lot, much of that is just the die off in their microbiome. As their microbiome is shifting, you're getting a lot of feedback loops from the bad bacteria that's been living on the sugar that are screaming to, you know, they're making their last gas before you starve them out and die. And I think some of those transitionary components is where people aren't able to fight through it or, you know, get out of it. But when you, and you ideally, you, if you're aware of it, you understand it and you can transcend it, then you go. And then also how quickly a person's body will switch over to using ketones as a fuel source or being fat adapted, as a lot of people would like to say. And so that's going to vary from the person based on their enzymatic strength, their genetics, their epigenetics, as well as their psychological awareness of what are the stages of that evolution. That was a great breakdown. So I'd love to transition into this for somebody because I've seen the same issues occur with digestion with those who are going from being a sugar burner, which let's face it, most people are, especially in the US, to burning fat and producing ketones. That transition can be tough. Number one, there could be an electrolyte deficiency because your adrenals dump a lot of excess water. Along with that goes the electrolytes. Let's say that person is having the sea salt they're replenishing. Well, then you just mentioned one that was huge, the die-off in the microbiome as you're shifting and changing. That's a stressor to your digestive system. The second thing, and I want you to tie this into some solutions, the second thing is bile production. The, the liver, which has been beat up, that four and a half pound soccer mom organ that does everything and anything, she's been beat up and she's producing now sluggish bile, which is the detergent for breaking down fat. Now you can't break down that fat. So what are the solutions for that die-off in the microbiome and the sluggish bile? Yeah, great question. So bile production is one of the most the biggest energy costs of production inside your body. I mean, your liver manufactures basically all the enzymes, all the chemicals, all the hormones, like your liver does everything. It is the, it is the uh, biological factory complex that makes everything in your body. And that's why in Chinese medicine, it's called the second heart. This, the heart pumps all the blood and oxygen, but it's the liver that is transforming everything and also building all this stuff. And the gallbladder is actually a storage duct for that bile. And so people need to understand that relationship between that, just like your pancreas is involved, particularly with carbohydrate metabolism. And so typically what happens early on is a person gets compromised pancreas function from the sugar diet. So then, then we got to get to the keto thing, but maybe the liver's already been compromised. So what you, you know, this is where uh, intermittent fasting or fasting protocols or detox protocols or understanding that you're going to go through this transition phase as your body be able begins to adapt moving forward. And depending on the toxicity as well as the organ function strength, 
of that individual going in is going to determine how quickly they adapt and how how easy it is for them to comply to the practices in the ketogenic diet. So, um, so let's get into it. We can get into how to optimize that thing because I'm always a big about let's understand the concepts first before we get into the weeds because if you understand that, then everything else starts to make sense. Yeah, and then the last thing I want to add to that before we get into the solutions is another issue that I see Bile also helps remove toxins. And we know when you're burning fat cells on keto, we store toxins in fat cells. All of a sudden, you release the toxins. You can't burn them off and your body reabsorbs it and you feel like crap. So bile is so important for many, many reasons like you just mentioned. Well, that's, you know, it's funny you should bring that up because I think that's a valid point and I don't talk about it often. I made this integration about 15 years ago and when maybe even longer than that, I'm getting older. And that is, I would notice as, as, as in, in the body fat competition or competitors, they would go through these strange cravings as they release certain body fats. And then you'd have associative memories of, Oh, I remember when I had that chocolate Sunday and I actually determined at that point that fat had a twofold purpose we see fat as just an, maybe an unsightly storage of calorie models, which had an, a biological basis from a calorie consumption. But if you do an analysis by like a biopsy on fat today, on a, you take fat out of a person, what are you going to find in there? You're going to find herbicides, pesticides, fungicides, heavy metals, preservatives, dyes, all these chemical agents that we aren't able to uh, manufacture well, guess what? Our body will store those chemicals inside the fat tissue as because fat is not metabolically active. And that way, it is a storage mechanism that is often keeping that person alive. So when they start the dietary process, and especially if they go very aggressive on a dietary program, which a lot of people do because I've got to get in shape in three months because I've got a wedding or I've got a family reunion or a high school reunion and I don't like what I look at people to kind of take these aggressive stuff not really hey I've spent 35 years screwing myself up and I'm going to fix it in 12 weeks it doesn't work that way right and they end up running into more trouble from doing that so we have to recognize is that you want to balance when you're metabolizing fat as a fuel and using it as a you mean an aesthetic ideal is like hey one of the benefits of ketogenic diet I'm able to regulate my body weight at a great level and lose body fat at a great level and still maintain my brain function. Well, that's well and true, provided you're providing the support to handle the potential amount of toxins that are gonna be dumping inside your body. And I think it's that ratio, which is one of the issues where people have challenges in the transaction. They're literally dumping so many chemicals into the body. It's not the transition that they, it's causing the problem. It's just the sheer amount of toxins that are now floating around in their system. And so using some of the ways to alleviate, like you said, elect, adding electrolytes, making sure the water consumption's up, checking their, uh, their urine to see how much, you know, how acidic it's becoming and their overall alkalinity and, al and, and balance. These type of things sound simple, but they're very good key points uh, as well as tracking, you know, ketones in the blood and, you know, what's, what's your uh, insulin response level, you know, in a homo IR or something like that. So they're just as valuable. As, and also the feedback. And one of the things that I encourage is people to tie the feedback with the data. What are you feeling when you do the data? Because then as you go on, as, as the feeling comes up, you can recognize of where you are on that spectrum and can take that kind of using real-time internal biofeedback so you can self-modulate eventually. 
Yeah, absolutely. Great advice right there. And that's just a testament, what you shared about the toxins, to the human body, which I call the world's greatest physician, which is the innate intelligence that we have access to 24 hours a day. The body is so stinking smart that when these herbicides and pesticides and heavy metals and toxins enter the body, the body wants to survive. And it, that's the number one priority. So it'll actually activate the PPARY pathway and then drive it into the fat cells so it doesn't enter our vital organs. And that's the storage house. Like you said, it's not metabolically active. So when you start blasting fat cells, which you're going to do on keto, then all of a sudden you have a new problem. I want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers of taking fish oil. I know, shocking. I was somebody who took fish oil every single day for years. And then I came across a ton of research showing the dangers of consuming fish oil. I immediately found an amazing product called Pureform. Pureform is a plant-based omega. And the cool thing about Pureform is that it is uniquely processed with nitrogen to preserve it and make sure it does not oxidize. These essential fatty acids are cold pressed and you get the proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 to feed your cells what it desires. We know that life begins and ends at the cell membrane. And when you have the proper fats, the building blocks for those cell membranes, all of a sudden your fat burning hormones can do its job. So you lose weight. All of a sudden your cells produce energy. So you feel good. So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day. My dog takes it every single day. So does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you want to get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com. Check them out. Order a bottle or two, and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days. That is purelifescience.com. Use the coupon code BEN4 to apply a $4 off coupon. That is BEN, B-E-N, and the number four. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. So let's talk about the solution. What are some things that we can do to combat all the problems we just mentioned? Well, first and foremost is you want to have your digestive system in tip-top functioning form. And that's regardless of whatever dietary practice a person has. Now, there are some specifics relative to keto, which you will, we'll get into. So there's three major factors that are going to determine how quickly you transit uh, successfully and how, how well you, what we call, optimize that diet. The first one is enzymes. The second one is hydrochloric acid. And hydrochloric acid, I would look at also looking at uh, bile capacity and production because I find those are intermediaries in the digestive process. And then what is the state of your microbiome and, and how well you are able to transport those fats to the cells to be burnt? So it's uh, can you break it down? Uh, in its initial phase, can you break down the fats from an enzymatic standpoint? Do you have the enzyme enhancers in the form of hydrochloric acid and bile factors as well? Is your microbiome in the right thing? And, and are you able to take it from the second it goes out of your digestive system to the cell, to the mitochondria, and how efficiently does that mitochondrial work? So actually, there's probably four stages if you really kind of break it down. I, you know, I, I love that these are great questions. So it's sparking a lot of thought process because more importantly, I think if people understand it, like I said, if people understand the concept. So I guess the first 
let's deal with the first thing. There's five basic stages to digestion. And I'll run through them briefly. There's the taste, touch, smell, feel the food. So for example, if I say dill pickles and sauerkraut, a lot of people get a salivary response. It's a Pavlovian response that our body's getting the food. Or maybe it's your favorite, you know, bacon burger that you're having in keto. Or peanut butter. Yeah, exactly. And, and all of that, you, you can remember peanut butter at camp when you were 12 years old, that first time you had it, or barbecue burgers at the 4th of July party or whatever it happens to be. You have these associative memories that create salivary responses. And I think that's underestimated. One of the reasons that I believe that most fast food is so successful is that we taste, touch, and feel the food. There's a sensory connection with our food that we get away from a lot of formalized meals. So that's why I believe fast foods, hamburgers, chips, fries, pizzas, and dippers at the, the, the appies at the work, is we're actually involved more naturally to how we would consume those foods. So part of the attraction is the sensory response that we're not getting in these other areas. Right, and so it's something to be mindful of because that sets up the, the response. Then the food enters the mouth, we masticate it, it's a fancy name for chewing it, and that food com combination goes down into the stomach, it's the upper cardiac portion of the stomach. Now, this is where people, and I lose medical doctors on this. I'm shocked that there, how many medical doctors actually think that there is a ball of acid sitting in your stomach waiting to break down food. That's not the case. The first 30 to 60 minutes of digestion after that mastication point is where the enzymes that were supposed to be present in the food break down the food, okay? Particularly the proteases at that point. Now, this is the problem. Humans are the only species on the planet that cooks their food. So if I'm a tiger going out and eating you know, zebras, I take down the zebra, I get the entrails where the enzymes and probiotics are most concentrated, and then I eat the carcass. If I'm a bear, whether I'm grabbing a salmon out of the river or a blueberry in the field or as an omnivore, I'm getting it in its raw state. So I'm consuming the enzymes and probiotics that would be present on that. And if I'm like a herbivore, like a horse or a cow, I'm only eating the most enzymatically rich foods, which would also have the associative bacteria with that. So fresh grasses and sprouts and things like that. So guess what? Humans cook our food, which is great for production and distribution of food. It allows us you know, to store up food, to supply food, to, to, to disinfect food. But now that puts a big enzymatic load inside our body. And there's a guy by the name of Dr. Edward Howe who wrote Food Enzymes for Health and Longevity and Enzyme Nutrition. And he said that the longevity of, a, of any given species, which he was able to replicate in labs, was directly correlated to what he called the enzymatic bank account. Now, enzymes are involved in over 25,000 chemical pathways. They're catalysts that accelerate chemical transitions in the body from turning one thing from one thing into another you know, a fat into a lipid, you know, that can be converted, for example, would be a great component of what that is. It's like, we don't need protein, we need the amino acids that can composite protein, we break that down. So proteolytic enzymes will break down the protein that we're doing, lipolytic enzymes or lipases will break down the fats. And that first stage, we don't have them. And if you look at, you know, some of the historical aspects of the ketogenic diet and in, in the study of uh, First Nations people living in the Arctic who were probably original ketogenic folks, they would make a low temperature kind of chum, which is they would keep at a warm temperature, they would burn fats and eat this kind of 
of soup, which was very enzymatically rich. It had been accelerated. They would eat with their food and their blubber as a digestive aid. And a lot of people aren't aware of that if you go deep, deep into the components. So they figured this out somehow. Is that if I'm going to have this super high fat diet and high protein, well, relatively high protein to fat diet, is I need this enzymatic base. And so they had great levels of endurance and vitality and all this sort of stuff. But it's the nuances, the devils and the nuances to get things right. They were the, the original biohackers right back then. A hundred percent. Right. And, and actually, if you look historically, is all cultures have developed some sort of fermented foods to go associative with their diet as a way to improve and accelerate whatever diet was local to that community. So whether it was in Asia with, you know, misu or kimchi or these type of things, or whether you're in the yogurts of Europe, they were relative to the diet. They've all cultures figured out we need to ferment some foods to get this enzymatic and bacterial agents that are going to assist in the digestive component. That was part of the food production and distribution channels like then that we've pretty much gone away from, right? Unless you're listening to this podcast and you learn all about this stuff, right? <laughs> so that's stage one. And, and so at that, that critical stage where it breaks down, it's actually the second stage, our body now says, oh, I don't have enough of these enzymes. I'm going to start manufacturing in the liver but oftentimes key conversions don't happen into that component. They, they don't happen. They're happening later in the digestive process, which is not natural and will lead to inflammation, gut responses, blah, 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 blah. You can go on down the list and ultimately leads to you know, dysfunction and disease when we have people kicking out a pancreas or kicking out a gallbladder or having too much protein in the blood and their kidneys are gone, right? So long story short, then the third phase that happens is the hydrochloric acid will come in. Now, hydrochloric acid serves two distinct purposes in the digestive process. Number one, it changes the pH of the food and when it changes the pH, some enzymes will become activated and some enzymes will become deactivated in that process. So proteins break down, some at six, some at five, some at four relative to pH, some at three, and some as low as two. And you know the same thing with fats have a variance on when they break down and carbohydrates have a variance. Carbohydrates are the most easily metabolizable components, but that's also one of the issues when you're eating sugar. It, you also spike your blood very quickly. And most people that are attracted to a ketogenic diet would qualify under that category as why they're successful on keto. It's much better for their blood sugar, their stability, all that sort of stuff. So the second thing that hydrochloric acid does is it disinfects our food. And this actually is the primary function from parasites, bacteria, viruses, and other pathogens that are entering into the body that could kill us. And so this is a big part of our immune system. Now, the average 30 or 40-year-old has less than 30% of the hydrochloric acid production as a general rule. So not only are we not getting enough enzymes, we're not getting enough hydrochloric acid production. Part of that is due to chronic dehydration, people not hydrated well enough. And this is a big issue also when people are dealing with a ketogenic diet is you can drop water very, very quickly. So you really need to be conscientious of hydration, especially in those early stages when your body hasn't quite adapted to the, the new components, making sure you have water, making sure you have electrolytes, and almost invert it to a lot of people, making sure that sodium content is really, really high. Uh, and I would say also looking at some of the other trace minerals inside your body, you can do a uh, spectra cell test and look at what minerals you might be 
deficient in before you get started on one of these things can also, you can add those in and make the transition really, really smooth and easy. Also to add to that is to also, if those nutrients, you're taking the nutrients, but you have cellular inflammation, they're not even getting into the cell. So making sure you're eating the right fats and doing the right things to drop that cellular inflammation so those minerals could actually get into the cell. Yeah, exactly. It's one of the reasons why we developed a, a products called Primergen V and Primergen M is uh, multivitamin, multi-minerals that were in like, you know, microscopic particles and lyticals so you could actually absorb it in a compromised system. But that's another story. Anyways, so at the end of that phase where, where the hydrochloric gas comes in and the movement happens, the food will exit out of the stomach and into the intestine. Now, this is another issue. You have to have what's called bicarbonate buffers, which is a fancy name for alkaline minerals. And that's going to buffer the acid, that high acidic environment, which your stomach is qualified for, but nothing else is. I mean, you're talking acids that could be down to one and two, which are very, very strong. So the minerals will buffer that. If you have a low mineral content inside your body, which a lot of people do now, is they start getting gastritis, they start getting ulcers. In other words, they don't have the key minerals to buffer the acids and they start getting spillover of that hydrochloric acid and phlegm. Conversely, if you're not making enough hydrochloric acid, the esophageal sphincter on the top of the stomach will stay open and some of this acid food will come up and give you heartburn and acid reflux. So the doctor will give you proton pumps to lower the acid even further, but now you've compromised digestion even more. So you have to realize is, We've created a medical system that's giving us these Band-Aid solutions to deal with the symptoms, but not dealing the underlying cause, because the underlying cause is addressed through surgery. And oftentimes that means getting your gallbladder ripped out or getting your, your appendix ripped out. Which is so common in the U.S. I think the gallbladder removal is one of the top performed surgeries in the United States. And, and I think it's directly correlated with trans fatty acid consumption inside the body and our inability to break that down, as well as genetically mutated fats. Uh, inside the system, like, i.e., uh, margarine. Yeah, you know, the canola. Margarine canola, yeah, rapeseed that was called before. They call it right. canola, right? And these things are, are highly toxic in the body, and they also have a sterilization factor in the population as well. If you want to dive down that, I would recommend uh, Dr. Tennant's book, Healing is Voltage. Oh, but yeah, I love it. I love his work. The great work, and he's got a great one where he shows the correlation of CDC-related obesity components and the influence of reproductive components and the use of canola oil. Very fascinating work in there. You can refer back to it. Uh, one was the use of the amount of fluoride inside of water and the relation to obesity because of its thyroid implications, because it's a halogen group. Fluoride and chlorine and iodine are all in the same halogen family for thyroid metabolism, which is another key component to metabolic stuff. So, you know, making sure that you're getting iodine and making sure you're getting fluoride and chloride and chloramine out of your water supply that you're swimming in, that you're drinking, and that you're washing, because those can impair the hormonal and metabolic side of the process as well, which is more involved in the transport and metabolism components. But going back to digestion, because I'm, I'm jumping off the <laughs> but I want to give a whole full-on picture. Yeah, the, the human body is amazing. This is a conversation that just is, is uh, expressing that. So go ahead, continue. Yeah, so then as, as the food comes into the gut flora or into the, you know, into where the real where the interaction between our symbiotic relationship between, as I call the good, the bad, and the ugly, because I'm an old Clint Eastwood fan, and he had that movie way back in the day where they played the weird music and everything, but your microbiome, your gut flora, whatever you want to call it, right? It's the collective, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I always say there's 10% good, 
there's 10% bad and there's 80% opportunists inside your body as far as Florida. Anywhere from 200 to 500 strains on the average person estimating. What we do know is the more genetically modified fast food that you've eaten in your life, the less strains that you have present and the more natural and organic that a person's had in raw food oriented over their time or exposure to fresh garden products the more bacteria you typically have. And in fact, they found these guys in the Amazon that had been exposed to Western civilization that had like an extra 200 strains they'd never heard of of bacteria. So talk about genetics and epigenetical responses. And I think, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, we'll know 10 times what we know now. But just to give you an idea, who knows what we're naturally designed to have as bacteria since industrial production activities of the body. And one of the reasons they're studying food production in these pristine spaces, both food production as well as the people who are eating it, because pretty soon nowhere on the planet is not going to be adversely reflective from chemicalization and, and genetic modification. So inside this, in this next stage, the fourth stage of digestion, those bacteria that are present inside your body are going to start to adjust to the diet that you're eating. So when you're first going on to a ketogenic diet, maybe you're hardwired to be dealing with a high carbohydrate-based diet. And so those bacteria are gonna to start to die off and diminish. And then the ones that do well on fat-based and protein-based, they will start to grow and multiply and ever. Now, as that war transpires, or that transitionary phase, this is the early stage of transition inside your diet. So if you took, Matt, my business partner's microbiome, and my microbiome, they're radically different, even though we take similar supplemental products, because we're enhancing our digestibility of the diets that we're having, and although we have a lot of similarities in it, our actual microbiomes are very different in how we function. And so that variance, it's not good, it's not bad, it's a, we're looking at how do you optimize that. And so what you want to make sure is that number one, the other thing I forgot to add into that, I don't, don't normally add this, but I do believe it's relative to the keto market. When those fats become present inside the intestinal tract, and hopefully you had lipase present in those early stages of digestion, but when those fats enter in that other stage, into the la that fourth stage of digestion where the microbiome's on it, you are also going to release bile, which is a lipolytic enzyme component, plus some other factors inside there and cofactors that are going to enhance the breakdown of those fats and make them utilizable by the, the bacteria that's using those fats as well. So that's a factor. And then the next stage is, is the removal of whatever the waste is. So through peristaltic contraction, which is the contraction of smooth muscle tissue inside the body. Okay. So that's not striated muscles like, you know, here's my bicep. That is the smooth muscle that makes all our inter internal organs contract. That's going to determine that. And so, you know, one of the big, you know, the, the big aha moments of the, of, of the last decade in business, of course, is the invention of the squatty potty, which, which is who would ever imagine that our natural state to, to defecate is to be actually in an elevated position and, and our bottoms to be a little bit lower. And it's easier to get contraction that way. And so now that we have all these toilets and as we get older, people are getting raised toilets and we sit all the time, we're losing a lot of connection to our pelvic floor, to smooth muscle tissue. And then also injuries and that sort of thing, back injuries can reduce firing to these areas. And so we don't get a bunch of neurological activity. And those are other factors that are happening from a physiological, not a biochemical side. Leading, so, to, leading to things like constipation. Exactly. But interesting enough, constipation and diarrhea are often 
correlate two sides of the same coin. There's often a, a restriction inside the, the actual intestinal tract or in the colon or a disrupted colon that causes people to be constipated or they still, they'll get high pressure, just runny stools because that area hasn't been clean. And this is where detoxification, herbal cleansing and fasting or intermittent fasting allows our body to start remove these things. Also, there could be parasitical issues, but that's a whole other topic that, you know, go read the book parasite rex if you're so brave to it's probably the most terrifying book on health i've ever read in my life warning but it's also one of the most fascinating about the the lives of of these parasites and and it's 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 absolutely mind-blowing when you get into that that's a whole other issue but so then understanding the removal of that stuff so any food that's not digested absorbed and utilized becomes a toxin and then i'll add another level to this picture because once the food has been broken down by the enzymes, by the hydrochloric acid, and by the bacteria inside your intestinal tract, it is then going to be transported to the mitochondria. That's the furnace inside the cells. And that's going to require things like L-carnitine. And then you're going to want to make sure that you have a strong mitochondria. So you're seeing all these you know, studies and research in the kind of the proponents of the ketogenic diet correlated to that is the strength of your mitochondria. How well do you burn fats? How well do you, are you adapted to ketones? And how much can you amplify the efficiency and capacity of your mitochondria, which determines how well you, number one, you resist things like cancer, uh, resist a lot of inflammatory related diseases, including things like, you know, epilepsy and, you know, re reactions, which is where keto diets were designed originally for, or whether you're getting into the performance parameters of being able to extend endurance-based activities, whether that's Navy SEALs swimming underwater for extensive period of time, or it's someone who is out there running, you know, endurance running who wants to have a more ketogenic fat dominant so that they're more efficient in those components and their mitochondria can handle it. So th those are all the parameters that we're dealing with on the macro levels. And then we'll, we can, so if we want to get into the optimization side of it, I, we will, I know you kind of went there, but I wanted to give the big picture and then we'll get to those components. Yeah. So yeah, optimization. Can we talk about this? Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm holding it up. Capex, which you designed this product for those following a ketogenic lifestyle. So you just explain very well, brilliantly put, by the way, how the digestive system works, those five stages. How does that relate to everything in here? Could you talk a little bit more about this product, which I've been using, by the way, for the last month? So go ahead. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you the backstory because it's always fun to find out. So Matt and I, I, I would try the ketogenic diet myself as a plant-based guy. And for a lot of people, they say the plant-based version is very it works really well. But I had trouble when I would get my fat to a certain component, I would get fat in my stool. And it wasn't working for me. And when Matt and I were comparing notes, and he'd say, I'd say, look, what, as soon as I get my fat gets a certain level, I start, because my body just didn't break down fats very well. And he says, well, obviously, I said, I'm obviously deficient in some of the lipases. Uh, for some reason, even though I'm eating these very healthy fats, and, and he also found in himself, he couldn't use coconut oil. And that was a genetic and epigenetic thing. He didn't do well on coconut oil, but he could do other oils. And so as we dove into it, we, we realized there was these nuances. And so we worked out that there are actually four different types of lipases that'll break down just about any type of fat. So the first thing that we did on this formulation is we put a massive amount of the Lipa 4, which is a proprietary blend of lipases that we added to that to make sure that the person is breaking down fats. Because some people who might be predispositioned 
for gallbladder issues or these type of things. Gallbladder issues, by the way, turns out runs in my family. I have a whole bunch of relatives that had their gallbladders out. Oh, isn't that interesting? I do believe because they didn't have the enzymes because they ate a lot of trans fatty acids, my grandma and grandpa, and it was okay back then, but it's not okay now. The other thing is we add uh, our patented triphase protease, which is a combination of proteolytic enzymes that work in the entire pH spectrum. And so what that allows people to do is to break down all the protein and all the fats. All the protein turns to amino acids. All the fats turns into the lipids that your body uses, okay? And in a digestible absorbable without putting the strain on your liver, without putting the strain on your gallbladder. So a lot of people, when they're making that early transition, this is a godsend because it makes it much easier. Especially if you don't even have a gallbladder. Yeah. And so Matt determined to be able to help me be successful on a ketogenic style diet. He designed this and we tested the early versions in the blind. I didn't even know what it was. Now, there was some energy boosting events that we'll talk about why that was. It was really extraordinary. But what was great is I stopped getting the oil in my stool when I upped my fats into the crazy zone. So I was like, okay, now I know that's working on a biological basis. I believe data's cool. I love data, but how do I record that data? How do I respond to that data realtor? Next thing that we added to this is we added L-carnitine and Inaslim. L-carnitine, Inaslim, and Astrozyme. So Astrozyme is a derivative of the astrologous root, which, by the way, is one of the four main elements of Chinese concoctions. So if you go to any Chinese medicine practitioner, chances are they're going to put astralgus root to enhance the benefits of all the other herbs, and it increase, increases enzymatic effectiveness by anywhere from 30 to 60%. So it, it, it serves as a turbocharger to all the enzymes that you're taking. The other thing is, is we added Inaslim. Inaslim ramps up AMPK by about 400%. It also, if you have any incidental carbohydrates will help absorb those because not it's not always a perfect you know carbohydrate you know there's sometimes incidental carbohydrates on ketogenic stuff well innocent will will really reduce any kind of insulin response as well as store those carbohydrates in muscle tissue and inside your liver as opposed to going into the blood sugar uh, and, and throwing off your blood sugar. So we keep that blood sugar really, really stable. And then we added the L-carnitine as well. And L-carnitine, which was actually the first paper I ever wrote in nutrition, was on the L-carnitine shuttle. L-carnitine is what shuttles fats into the mitochondria. Uh, the mitochondria, when it's burning carbohydrates, produces an enzyme called acenylcoenzyme A, which blocks the transport of fats into the cell. And that's where medium-trained triglycerides came in because you could get past that. And today, a lot of people are deficient in L-carnitine, and I was one of them, specifically as a plant-based guy because I didn't have any more sources of L-carnitine. And so adding L-carnitine increases your metabolic function. And for those people who really want to accelerate that as a side note, and this is not something related to CAPEX, but upping your carnitine dosage into super physiological dosages, so one gram of carnitine for every three grams of fat that you're consuming, and this is a Charles Poliquin integration, has a profound effects on boosting your metabolism. So when you first start out doing it, so and how you do the ratio is, let's say you have 30 pounds of excessive fat in your body that you want to get rid of. 
Well, you'll take 30 grams of essential fatty acids, generally in divided dosages, with 10 grams of L-carnitine. That seems to be the magic ratio that he worked out to boost fat metabolism inside the body. It just ramps up your mitochondrial function. And so we added some L-carnitine inside of this so that you get that to, to be able to transport those fats. We also added uh, hydrochloric acid as well, betaine HCL. We do have a hydrochloric acid uh, product, but we put this all, we threw the kitchen sink in this one to make it an all-encompassing keto optimizer. And then we also added dandelion root. And dandelion root is, has been a, a well-known bile stimulant for many times. And of course, coffee, like a, a lot of people like, can also be a bile stimulant. So the reason people like to start the day with the bulletproof coffee, you know, is also to enhance this bile activity. So adding some dandelion root can do in it. Sometimes you can drink that as a tea as well as people want to do this on their own or whatever. Then we added CoQ10 well-known uh, mitochondrial support to enhance mitochondrial function. We added some trace minerals to deal with the electrolyte issue that we kind of illustrated earlier as well. And then we also added the seven keto DHEA, which is not in what I would call a therapeutic do dosage, which is on the scientific literature, but it's effective enough to still improve the optimization of the ketogenic uh, metabolism process. And so what happens is people, when they take this, like, I take four caps first thing in the morning and I use it as an energy booster because it ramps up the delivery of fats to the cell as well as the functioning of the mitochondria as opposed to just digesting and, and it serves as a, a, a non-stimulant a based energy producer. So I take four of these every morning when I get up and I find it really enhances my energy production. It's also great. I do alternate day, myself, I do alternate day fasting. Um, so, and, and that's been great. And the only thing I take for that is magnesium, capex, and cognibiotics. Those are, those are the four things I take first thing in the morning. And that's the only thing I'll eat during that whole 36-hour period. And I don't interrupt autophagy inside the body. That is awesome. I mean, the way you just broke down every single ingredient in here. I've been using this uh, Capex. I know some of you can't see this. Uh, I've been using Capex for the last month, and I love it. I've been taking three capsules before a fatty keto meal, so I typically have two. I've actually been doing carnivore this month, and I've been using this on a carnivore, which is carnivore keto because I'm still in ketosis, and it's been great. So this is such a powerful tool, not just for somebody who is transitioning to burning fat from burning sugar, but even those who are, have been in keto for a while and you just want to up your energy, up your digestion, and we explain why it's so important. So we actually have for Keto Campers a uh, an exclusive coupon code, which is uh, the website is buyoptimizers.com slash ketocamp, and the coupon code is ketocamp10. Remember, that's camp with the K, Keto Camp 10. We're going to put links for all this and everything we spoke about, all the books mentioned, all of Wade's resources in the notes of this podcast. Uh, so you can go check that out. I also want to talk briefly about masszymes. Uh, Laura Painter, who's a keto camper, she's watching the live stream right now. She says, I love Capex. She loves masszymes as well. So, what is the difference between masszymes and Capex, and who should use either or? Yeah, great stuff. So masszymes was kind of our enzyme for the masses. It started out years ago as we started the experimentation. I did that transition. Going back to my story, I started using enzymes and probiotics and minerals and all these sort of things. And within six months, I captured my body. But as a performance enhancer, we wanted to go to the next level. Uh, Matt and I are 
I don't know if obsessed or possessed or whatever you want to say, but we, we just, we're fascinated with optimizing human biology. That's why we have released the bioptimization blueprint and all that sort of stuff about what are the things that really enhance cellular function and, and format. And so Masszymes was born out of the 15,000 clients that we were dealing with from all over and the variety of digestive issues they had based on the diets they were having, whether it was a performance diet or a fat loss diet or just a healthy diet. And so what we combined is five different types of protease because undigested protein is the biggest cause of problems inside our body. It's the problem with aging. It's the problem with the formation of neurotransmitters. It is regulates recovery and, and protein metabolism. And when you have undigested protein, this is the things that lead to feeding the bad bacteria that to toxify our systems and crap in our blood and, and, and cause all sorts of inflammatory gas, like bloating, constipation, you name it. It goes down. It's really a big deal. And eventually, if not taken care of, leads to things like autoimmune disease. Correct. And so we started with that. And basically, there's 17 different types of enzymes. It'll break down plants, carbohydrates, dairy products, proteins, fats, you name it. It's got everything inside of this. It's got the astrazyme in it as well that enhances the format. And it has the most protease per capsule effectiveness of anything else in there. So there's, there, you can't get a bigger dose of protease. So for people that do have a higher protein diet, or if they're a plant-based person that doesn't get a lot of protein in their diet, Masszymes ensures that you're turning, you know, essentially we always say it's, it's like turning uh, one gram of protein into four, because if you look at a, uh, a digestive efficiency ratio, we take that protein digestive efficiency will triple or quadruple the effectiveness. Therefore, you get more amino acids delivered to your body on less amount of protein. And there's a lot of indication now that's proving that. We didn't know this at first. We just knew it from you know, our own anecdotal research and recovery and, and the ability to build muscle and things like that. But now it's been shown that by adding proteolytic enzymes like masszymes that, you know, Kung Fu and karate experts were recovering what was taking 15 days where it was taking two. People who go through major surgeries, they're finding that they're using enzymes. My father went through a major surgery recently and he literally brought the bottle of Masszyme into his doctor and his doctor said to him, said, he said, can I be taking this after, you know, I've done this? And the doctor said to him, yeah, these things are excellent. He was using the masszymes and a probiotics. He's like, these are excellent. Make sure that you triple down on these things because we now know they're accelerating recovery. So the younger doctors today are starting to getting this training. I deal with people around that. So it enhances recovery, enhances digestion, preserves your proteolytic enzyme bank account inside the body, which is essential for recovery and brain function and also neurotransmitter function and is really utilizable by any type of diet. The Capex one, you'd want to use that earlier in the day because of its energy enhancing. So um, if you're using, you know, two, three, or four capsules in those early meals, that's fine. Usually if you, after two o'clock, it's a little bit energy stimulating, you know, not from a, I'm a, like, I'm caffeined out, but just like, hey, I'm, I'm it's, you know, one o'clock in the morning, I'm very alert and feeling great. So uh, in those cases, you would just maybe use one cap in your later meals because you've got enough kind of kicking around in the system. And then you could, some people will mix and match. They'll do the Capex in the morning and then they'll do more uh, Masszymes in their later meals. So that's kind of the separation between those two. Awesome breakdown right there. Yeah, that's kind of how I'm doing it. I'm going to go have dinner soon and I'm going to be taking the Masszymes with me to the restaurant here in uh, Sunny Isles, Florida. Okay, 
we, this has been a fantastic interview. There's a few questions from the Keto Camp Academy members that I'd love for you to just answer a few of them. Yeah. So Rosie Olson says, if I could only uh, afford one supplement right now, Capex or Masszymes, or, or you have a whole arsenal of them, which is the one you would recommend for her? She's in my Keto Camp Academy. She's doing keto. She's doing fasting, just to give you a little bit of a reference. Um, how, how long has she been on ketogenic diets? So Rosie, she's been, um, let's see, she joined the academy recently, so fairly new. What I would do is I would actually run an experiment. And the experiment is I would try Capex for a month. I would try Masszymes for a month. And then I would try P3OM for a month. And, and the reason why I'm saying that is because, and, and I, you might even want to try HCL for a month. And where people run into problems, there's three main areas where they have problems in, having, in optimizing their performance. One, not enough enzymes one, not enough hydrochloric acid, or one, an imbalance in their microbiome. That's the three areas. So if you don't know and you don't maybe have access to testing because it can get on the expensive side and you just want to use the one product, what I would say is try Capex for a month, try Masszymes for a month, try the P3OM for a month, try the hydrochloric acid for a month. From that, you're going to be able to see and document which one you feel your best or you felt the best, and that's going to indicate which one is going to give you the best results for your dollar? My suspicion would be that Masszymes is going to probably be the most superior one. Uh, I would say that's most effective for most people. Although my ketogenic people really, really love Capex. And then hydrochloric acid is probably the one that people test the least and would have the most benefit because almost everybody has low hydrochloric acid levels. But for the people who have a disbalanced microbiome, there's nothing better than P3OM as a product on that because it kills the bad guys, wipes out the pathogens, breaks down the undigested protein inside the system that's feeding the bad guys, and uh, you know cleans up the whole system. So it's a super aggressive uh, proteolytic uh, strain that can really be beneficial in these type of situations. Awesome. Well, there you have it. Rotate the supplements, Rosie. Next question is Lindsay Ellington wants to know about your magnesium product, which by the way, I've been taking uh, before bed each night. Yeah, so magnesium, again, that was, you know, if you got an itch that you got to scratch, that's what it was. So a number of years ago, I was working like way too much. I was doing like 14, 15 hours a day. And I did that study for two years. I have, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I had a number of different businesses. And then I got into a situation with a business partner that was really, really negative and had a whole, whole, a whole, whole of consequences. It wasn't by optimizers. And in process of extracting that, I, I got, I was using... Uh, stimulants like caffeine excessively, not sleeping, working in front of my computer too long, just doing everything that you shouldn't be doing as a biohacker. And I was like, oh God. And so I got myself into trouble. I blew out my adrenals and I understood that using magnesium was a way to come back from that. So I did everything from uh, ingest, uh, like I literally was doing IV uh, magnesium. I'm not suggesting people do that, but under the guidance with a naturopathic doctor and I was going up to like 20 grams of in being put into my system regularly, which makes your, your legs and stuff kind of wobbly and gives you this almost kind of like stoned out feeling of relaxation and burning sensations of calcium deposits literally burning up inside your body, which is really unique. But you got to really watch it and you got to dose up to that level. So I'm not a caveat warning. So that's only so effective and you have to have all those guidance. So that's not really a great way. And then I got into taking all these different magnesiums and I was like, which magnesium is better? 
well, I don't know. So I would start taking, you know, dosing up because I'm a big believer in orthomolecular nutrition status is that you start with the minimal effective dosage and you keep moving up to the maximum tolerable dosage. You can tell what that is, you'll get the runs. And this is very relative to magnesium because there's different types of magnesium and these magnesiums uh, vary in where they are stored in your body. So going back to our good buddy, uh, the late great Charles Poliquin, he determined that there were different types of magnesium that worked in different types of the body. Some went better to the heart, some went better to the brain, some went better to the nervous system, some went better to the muscles. So through trial and error, we started testing and I ended up getting like, I don't even know, I had a whole counter full of different types of magnesiums and I would try it. And I would say this, if you're looking for something to reduce constipation, definitely go with citrate. That one draws the most water and has the least tolerance inside the body. And then if you're looking at maybe the most absorbable, probably orotate. And then if you're going for a brain function, I like the three and eight, I think is, is superior to that. So over our research, we come up with what we found was the seven best types of magnesium and said, instead of having half a dozen bottles on my counter to take one of these and two of these and half of these, why don't we just put them all in one bottle? Now, the problem was, is they have variance grain sizes. And so in order to produce this, we need a very special facility. We had to combine the different types. We had to get a kind of capsule that would handle it and the machinery that would allow us to put all those magnesiums appropriately distributed so that they would go to all the organs and get all the benefit from it. And that's where we came up with that magnesium breakthrough. So typically most people, whatever your regular dosage of magnesium, you'll probably cut it in half. And whatever your tolerance level for like, if you're really into maximizing magnesium benefits, your tolerance will probably double as well. So you need half as much to get the effect and you can tolerate double the amount if you're going for maximum magnesium uptake. And when I talk about magnesium uptake, what I would call the therapeutic dosages, you're getting into anywhere from three to six grams per day. I dosed up to in that six gram zone. And then I, we, we go minimum dosage, we taper up adding a gram per day in divided dosages till we hit tolerance or we get the runs. And then we would titrate down over time until I could get the optimum dosage where I got all the benefits which is where I'm in today. And I, and I do between one and a half and two grams a day. So I do uh, one and a half grams on my regular dietary days. On my fasting days, I do two grams for me. And I'm on the high side, but I can't, I, I just love the relaxed nature. I don't get stressed about things anymore. What used to throw me off. I'm just relaxed, chill, problems are manageable. Sleep gets really, really better. And cognitive function, neurotransmitter formation has been much better. My ability to concentrate and stay calm and stay connected, empathetic because I'm being able to make those neurotransmitters has been extraordinary. Yeah, for me too. I, I love magnesium. It's something that I recommend we take every single day, and I've been taking it at night for many of those reasons. So great answer. Lisa, who's in the Keto Camp Academy, says, I'm on fire from this call. She also has a quick question about the interview. She says, what is the difference between the enzymes and the pro-prebiotics? Yeah, so... Probiotics are like little efficient bags of enzymes going around. These are individual microorganisms that are essential in a symbiotic relationship to us living. In other words, if we didn't have bacteria in our guts, we'd be dead. And the thing is, is we want these good ones. And so just to give you a couple examples, 
enzymes are just in their pure state that you might find them inside a food group that you're eating. Everything, the difference between the living and the dead is an enzyme. And so we have 25,000 different enzymatic pathways or uh, processes inside our body that we know of, and there's probably a whole lot more than that. Probiotics, there's anywhere from two to 500 strains in your body. So those are actual organisms themselves. Enzymes are catalysts. And in regards to the probiotics, your microbiome is where you need to be adding the right probiotics relative to the diet that you're having. And whether that's present in fermented foods, and I'm a big advocate of using fermented foods relative to the diet that you're onto, and also supplementation, because sometimes that's just a lot more convenient, you know, managing fermented foods. So these probiotics, and depending on whether you're using a cognibiotic, which is used, uh, the strains that are used for neurotransmitter formation, and the prebiotics is the food. So a bacteria will not last in your intestinal tract 24 hours if it doesn't have the food it needs to survive because they have very short half-lives. Their lives are determined in minutes before they replicate, you know, or hours as opposed to years like humans, you know, or decades like humans. And so the prebiotics are essential to feeding the probiotics so that they're able to feed and divide and multiply and then manufacture. And they need to be correlated ideally with the diet that you're having so that you convert whatever you're eating into building blocks or energy units. Awesome answer. So, okay, the last question here before we wrap up this interview, we went extra time here. Thank you for that, Wade. Uh, last question is about constipation, which you actually touched upon. We talked about the squatty potty, the, the magnesium, but, and I know you also have a great product for constipation, but Margie and Tamika both want to know how do you relieve constipation? Okay, first things first make sure that you're getting good water filtration. Uh, fluoride and chlorine and chloramine often disrupt the microbiome inside your body. So if you're ingesting that or showering in that, get shower filters, get that stuff. Do not underestimate in some municipalities how strong those are and disruptive they are both hormonally as well as disruptive to the microbiome, as well as all this antibiotic freak out of everybody washing their hands is disrupting the microbiomes as well. So you need extra attention on getting your probiotics inside the body. The next thing is hydration levels. I think a lot of people are drinking a lot of drinks that don't hydrate them. They accelerate dehydration and you need to be bringing water inside the intestinal tract. Ketogenic diets are very devoid in fiber. And so you want to add a little bit of fiber, both the water soluble and water insoluble. And depending where you are and the colon health is going to determine Water insoluble will be something that kind of scrapes things out. You know, the triple thing like cascara sangrata uh, as an herbal concoction or something like that, or something like flax or whatever. But something like chia would be water soluble. In other words, it starts to inflate many times its side size and draws water in, which will push out the sides of the intestinal tract. Now that pushing out the sides of the intestinal tract will activate peristaltic contraction. And for a lot of people today, they've lost this connection to their pelvic floor. And so they're not stimulating enough. And so you can also do colon hydrotherapy as well. And with colon hydrotherapy under a professional, what happens when we've lost this stimulation effect, we lose the muscle tone. It's like a muscle tone that loses its muscles because it hasn't been working out. You actually do, uh, you know, they, they insert a hose rectally inside your body and then they pump water in to clean stuff out, but then they also do near the end what they call a fill, where they bring up the amount of fluid in there, the intestinal tract and swells 
And then that starts reactivating that neural connection, that mind-muscle connect to create those things. The next thing that you want to add, add is get a squatty potty. Those little things that they add by the toilet so you get up and change the physiological so your body is more active and contractive inside that. And for a lot of women, I think it's really important to do some studies about pelvic floors. It's, a, it's relative to men, but a lot of women complain of constipation more than men. And that is reactivating your neural connection to your pelvic floor so you get those stronger contractions. It's important both for constipation, it's also important for sexual function so that you don't need a hysterectomy when you're 45 years old because you've lost all connection. So it'll improve your sex life, it'll also improve your longevity and improve removing the constipation uh, out of the system. After all that, then short-term situations, things like Constaclans, which is a combination of fiber and, and herbs that have been used to kind of do it. You only need those things for very short-term. Like let's say you were traveling on a plane, we get oftentimes dehydrated, weird foods, changing them in our cycles. You know, I would recommend when traveling, don't eat on the plane no matter what, it's a good time to do fasting drink lots of water when you get there, take an herbal laxative when you arrive or whatever, pound a lot of water, a lot of electrolytes. And if you want, take a, a, a magnesium citrate as well. You can use that either in, insert as a suppository or just take a lot of citrate really quickly. Like, and, and, and that'll create a flushing situation out of the body really, really quickly. What I would say is that you would want to make sure that you're replacing with the water and electrolytes in those situations. So those are my keys to removing constipation and ideally, ultimately, over the long term, supporting your microbiome with the right bacteria. And then the one other parameter that could happen is parasite issues. If you've got parasite issues and you can do parasite tests to find out and get some specifics on that and wipe those guys out. Awesome answer. What a great answer. So yeah, I've been taking Capex. I've been taking the Massimes, the Cognibiotics. I take that in the morning along with the magnesium and I'm loving it. So if you are getting a lot from this episode and you want to try out these products, I encourage you to go to buyoptimizers.com slash ketocamp and use KetoCamp10 at checkout for that discount. I think you'll notice a difference within uh, the first day of taking it, if not the first week of taking these supplements. Wade, where is the best place to go check out some more of your work? Sure, they can uh, check, check me out on the Awesome Health Podcast at Bioptimizers. We have a 12-week Double Your Energy course where I break down all these things really quickly. We give it away to everybody, so they can go to bioptimizers.com and it'll say 12-week Double Your Energy course. You can click on that, and I have these five to 15-minute videos we can go deeper in some of the topics that we only surface touched here today. Since while you're standing in line, you know, you can watch one of these videos and hear me rant about one of these other topics. And then uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook and all that sort of stuff. You go to Bioptimizers and whatever icon or social media format you want to click on. Uh, we're doing all that information there as well. The one thing I also want to add to, we're really focused on the health and vitality of people and also removing the risk. All their products we have a policy, it's either first in class, no one's ever done it before, or it's the best in class. And that means we're on the premium side of pricing, but our products actually work. But we have the first bottle free guarantee. In other words, if you try any of our products, and for whatever reason, they're not blown away, you don't see the difference, you don't feel the difference, you don't notice the difference, you're like, I'm not so sure about that. Let us know. Text, email, call us, refund the money, no questions asked. But if you do ask us questions, and we hope that you do to give us that feedback, we'll even say, you know what, you probably should have done better on this bottle. We'll send you a free bottle of the other product to see if that fixes the issue. 
and to, to get that because sometimes it's it's a little bit of hit and miss if you're especially if your your price is limited because our bottom line is there's nothing uh, more expensive than a product that doesn't work and you know when you're going online and using one of our products you want to reduce the risk we want to make take that all away from you so if you try it you got no risk if you're not blown away and it doesn't work no problem you get your money back real simple I love that. What a great, what a great offer. So I want to acknowledge you, Wade, uh, and your whole entire team, which is very professional since you all reached out. I'm really impressed with your team. I love what you shared today about every crisis has the seed of success. That really resonated with me and what you shared about that, that aha moment where you realize you were working on your health from the outside in instead of the inside out. It's so true. There's a lot of fit, sick people out there and six pack abs does not signify health. Health starts from the inside and it's really from our thoughts. So I love what you shared today. I love what you all are doing with your company. Uh, we got to do this again and go a little bit deeper. Some of the members of the Keto Camp Academy are just commenting. They're loving the interview. So I want to thank you so much for your time, your energy and your expertise. Expertise, and I look forward to doing more of these interviews with you, brother. Anytime. Love it. Thank you. Well, I really hope you enjoyed that masterclass. I know it's kind of like a fire hose that was just sprayed over your face right now. I encourage you to listen to this again, or even better, go to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash keto camp and watch the video interview with Wade and text this to a friend. Maybe you know somebody who is doing keto and they're having all these stomach issues, or even if they're not doing keto, if you know somebody who's having digestive problems, send this episode to them. Text it to them right now. You can make the biggest difference for them. If you wanna get these products that we spoke about, the Masszymes, the Capex, the brain supplement that I've been using, and the magnesium and, and several others from Bioptimizers, we do have an exclusive coupon code for you that we mentioned head to buyoptimizers.com slash ketocamp and use the coupon code ketocamp at checkout for 10% off. We're going to put links for you as well in the notes of this podcast. So just click that right now and then use that coupon code. Uh, It's going to make all the difference for you. I've been using them every single day for over a month now and I really love their products. They use high quality ingredients and they have a really strategic science to their formulations. I encourage you to leave the Keto Camp Podcast a rating and a review on Apple Podcast. It really does help the show grow. It is the lifeline of the show. And if you do so, take a screenshot of that rating and review. Email that screenshot to ben at ketocamp.com with your shipping address in the United States. And we'll mail you, I will mail you a signed copy of my fasting book as a thank you for your honest rating and review. Take a screenshot of this on your phone, the podcast, and post it on Instagram. Let us know what you thought of the show. Tag at TheBenazadi. Tag at Bioptimizers. And when I see it, I'll share it. And I'm really curious to see uh, how you love the show and if you got a lot from this show. And I imagine that you did. I want to thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. You'll hear me on the next one. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. 
This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.